going to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, looks, throws toward the corner of the end zone. And he's intercepted! Intercepted! The Knocks have the ball! Head of the 35, the 40, Kenny Wade, the Welcome to another episode of the Duck Pod. I'm Austin Meek, registered guard sports columnist here with Ryan Thorburn. We're getting ready for Oregon's game against Arizona on Saturday. And uh, our guest today is Greg Hansen of the Arizona Daily Star, one of the guys I, I read all the time to keep up uh, with what's going on down in Arizona. Greg, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for calling. Appreciate yeah. talking to you guys. Well, let's uh, let's start with the obvious here. Um, Khalil Tate, uh, where did this guy come from, and why has nobody in the Pac-12 been able to stop him? Man, that's the question of the year. He was sitting on the roster for a year and a half before he got a before he got his chance, and that was only because Brandon Dawkins got hurt um, at Colorado about six weeks ago. You know, they were they liked Brandon Dawkins. He wasn't a, he wasn't going to pass to beat anybody, but otherwise he was really good, I thought, and uh, he would still be a good player if somebody else just wants to transfer, but you know, Tate is uh, obviously to this point the best quarterback in U of A history. Greg, has Rich Rodriguez said whether they kind of knew that Khalil had this kind of a building in practice, or or the, did they just not see it and decide to go with Dawkins and, and were surprised as everyone else how dominant he's been? Uh, good question. I think it was a combination. I think that they knew he was skilled and athletic, but last year he was about 20 pounds overweight. He looked like a different guy when I saw him this year in uniform. He lost 20, and he just, he's just he got a passing touch that I don't think they, they knew he had. Now, they don't pass very much, but when they've had to, he's had a really good touch. Uh, so those two elements, losing weight and having a passing touch, or kind of what uh, putting more is so far. I was on the on the radio the other day and joking that the only coach in the Pac-12 that's been able to slow this guy down is Rich Rodriguez by <laughs> keeping him on the bench for four games of the season. I mean, when you look at at what he's done and in, in the time he's been on the field, I think obviously if he had done this over a full season, he would be certainly yeah. near or at the top of of the Heisman list. What's what's your perspective on that? Do you think a guy who has not played every game and wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season has any shot to to win the Heisman or or to be a finalist in New York? And and do you think Tate maybe could be a finalist? I I think if Arizona wins its final two games, because it doesn't look like the strongest Heisman field ever. I don't know if you guys agree, but if, if Arizona beats Oregon and then Arizona State. He would obviously have to play very well again. I think he, I think he'd go to New York then, um, because winning the next two games is going to be as hard as anything Arizona's done all year. You know, if you look at the teams Arizona's beaten, other than Washington State, and Washington State kind of beat itself that night. They they threw four interceptions, two of them were deep when they were going to go in and score. Arizona's beat uh, four really bad teams. I think, um, you know, Colorado, UCLA was really had that week um you know Oregon State last week you know of course you guys know having a lot of trouble and uh so 
he went to USC, and USC totally shut him down in the first two and a half quarters. And then kind of after the fact, he got some really good numbers. And I kind of think that's what might happen this week at Oregon. But, you know, USC had a bye coming into the Arizona game, as Oregon does now. And they kind of schemed for him. And, you know, with Jim Levitt at Oregon, I think the Ducks will really be ready for him. Greg, I, I just read you know your last column about the the game against Oregon State, and and you mentioned that Arizona was picked last in the Pac-12 this year. Um, yeah. Every all these hot seat columns before the season, I think Rich Rodriguez was at the top or right there with uh, oh, yeah. Graham at Arizona State. Is there any doubt that he's coach of the year um, in the Pac-12 this year? And 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 was he ever really on the hot seat, or was that just uh, you know one of those media, yeah. preseason media I things. I don't know if they could have paid him off. It was mm-hmm. close to $7 million, but, you know, if they had gone 3-9 and nine again, I think they might have. Uh, um, you know, he, he has this retention fund, fund from a booster where he gets about $6 million if he stays for two more years. And if they fired him, that fund would have rolled over into the athletic department and they could have paid him out of that. So there was a way they could have paid him off. Um but I would say if he voted today, he would be the Pac-12 Coach of the Year. But I mean, who would you guys put in the in the race with him? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's even a clear challenger for that. I, you know, I would have said Justin Wilcox, um, yeah, maybe a couple weeks ago, but yeah. you know, it, Cal's kind of reverted a little bit more to what what we thought they were going to be. Um, you know, and the teams at the top of the the Pac-12, just none of them have quite. Quite yeah. lived up to what we thought they were going to be. So yeah, to me, I'd clearly say it's Rich Rod. No close. But it second. could flip, you know. It could flip in two weeks if Arizona loses to Oregon and then to the Sun Devils. Uh, then I think Todd Graham could get it. Yeah. Because because mm-hmm. they're going to beat Oregon State probably this week, and then if they beat Arizona, things will really be fun up there. And uh, and he would be what's that eight and four, eight and four, seven and five. Mm-hmm. So maybe Todd Graham could get it. Yeah, how have um, how have Arizona fans responded to this resurgence that's happened with Khalil Tate? You know, attendance around the league is a topic yeah. for a lot of schools. Oregon had a long sellout streak that got broken last year. Uh, what what's been the the response from from fans? Has it been a, a little bit lukewarm, maybe? Arizona averaged its smallest home attendance since 1997, mm-hmm. and and four of those games were with Khalil Tate. So. It was caught me completely off guard. I, I thought after he had that game against Colorado um, that Arizona would draw 55,000 again and continue as long as they were winning, and suddenly they were drawing 40,000. Um, and they're really wondering what it is. I know a lot of it is like everywhere else. The games start too late and they last too long, but it's, it's a problem here. They, they average 42,000 for the year. Um, of course, they don't have Arizona State and USC on the home schedule. That's that's always a difference maker. But otherwise, I mean, last week they drew, they fudged and said they had forty thousand against Oregon State. It was probably thirty thousand. Hmm. Um, and this is one they've been the most exciting they've been in almost ever. Well, that brings me to obviously Arizona basketball is the show down there, and obviously they've been in the headlines for the wrong reasons with some other schools yeah. in terms of the FBI investigation. What's kind of the mood in Tucson um, with regard to Sean Miller and the Wildcats right now? I think 99% of the people are just pl- 
taking this year as a year they can win the national championship and they're not going to worry about any kind of penalties because it's going to be a while. Don't you think it would be at least a year or so until yeah. USC and Arizona find out? Um, so I, I just think they're going to enjoy it while they can. And, you know, it could all blow up next summer or sometime around then. I mean, they could have a coaching change. Who knows? So I think this is the best material Arizona's had, too, since they went to the Final Four in 2001. Um, I know the game's changed with younger players, but this is the best roster Arizona's had in at least 15 years. Yeah, Arizona is is loaded this year, which makes you know, the timing of this all kind of uh, yeah. unfortunate from their perspective. Is is Sean Miller? I mean, you kind of alluded to it. Is he untouchable, or you know, what would have to come out in all of this that would make you say, okay, maybe Sean Miller's job is is in yeah. jeopardy here? Well, if Book Richardson tells the FBI that Sean Miller knew about him taking money for one of the prospects. I would think he would get fired, wouldn't wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, after after seeing how many lives Patino had at Louisville before they yeah, finally yeah, canned yeah. him, I guess I you <laughs> know I never say there's anything that's automatically going to get yeah. a guy fired, but yeah, you, I mean, you'd sure think so. Because he's told them that he had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, if indeed Book Richardson, who was in New York for court hearing yesterday, tells them that Sean knew about it, then I think it would be the whole thing would implode. Yeah. Well, Greg, uh, all signs are pointing towards Justin Herbert returning for Oregon. Obviously, yeah. we've we've talked about Khalil Tate. I mean, this could be one of the more exciting offensive matchups uh, in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, obviously, Oregon needs to to win one more game to get to a bowl game. Uh, what's kind of your feeling about this game? Um, you know, obviously, I think Arizona would cruise if if Braxton Burmeister's playing, but if Herbert yeah. does return, um, this could be a, a good one. What do you think about the matchup? I kind of chuckle when I hear people here that I've talked to think Arizona's going to win Saturday. And I, are you kidding? Justin Herbert's back. Oregon's got better players than Arizona. Um, I mean, this is still Oregon. Still got a core of a really good team, don't they? Well, they certainly looked pretty good um, for five games on offense with Herbert, uh, averaging close to 50 points a game. Um, It's interesting because Burmeister flipped from Arizona to Oregon at the last second, and and clearly he's a a player who's more of a project, a developmental guy. Um, What's kind of Rodriguez's take on, I guess, Willie Taggart and and Oregon trying to steal some of their recruits last year and flipping some of them? Well, obviously, in public, he's not going to talk about it, and he said he's past that. But I would sure like to hear his uh, unedited versions when he's preparing this week in their staff meetings because, you know, it it just, I mean, it was a punch in the stomach. Oregon took, like, five guys from him in the last week or so, and uh, at the time it looked like Rich Rod wasn't going to survive, and, and that was one of the going to be one of the final blows. And so I would say... He's selling it to his team in the preparation for the week as extra motivation. But, I mean, you wouldn't need extra motivation to go up to play Oregon at Austin Stadium with a chance to go to a really good bowl game. Yeah. This has been, um, to put it mildly, not a great week for the Pac-12. Going back to last Friday when the first quarter of that Washington-Stanford game got preempted by a a truck race and then Washington goes down the Pac-12s 
playoff hopes basically go out the window. And on top of that, you've got um, Larry Scott's great adventure to China ending up in an international incident with those guys getting uh, picked up for shoplifting. I'm curious what um, what the mood is down your way about Larry Scott and the, the direction yeah. of the Pac-12. I got the sense that when Greg Byrne was the AD at Arizona, you know, he wasn't afraid to push back a little bit on some of the things that, that he saw as maybe troubling in the Pac-12. But, you know, he's obviously gone now. So what, what's the vibe around Arizona about just the general direction of the Pac-12? Well, you're right about Byrne. wasn't an ally of Larry Scott. In fact, the last thing he told me before he went to Alabama was, Someone ought to make sure Larry Scott returns all the money to the league, to the schools in the league, instead of keeping it in the, you know, spending it in the central office. Mm. But but the mood in Tucson turned toward against Larry Scott in the Pac-12 tournament about four years ago when Sean Miller got a technical foul late in the championship game, and uh, UCLA beat him, and then he got fined twenty-five thousand dollars for for criticizing Larry Scott after. And ever since then, it was easy to pile on Larry Scott here. I mean, you know, he's an easy guy to pile on to. Well, Greg, last time uh, Arizona and Oregon played in football, it was the Pac-12 championship, um, which Marcus Mariota and company won. Yeah. But earlier that season, Arizona won at, at Autzen Stadium. Um, Mark Helfrich has not survived <laughs> since yeah. then. We, we've already talked about Rich Rodriguez. Um, given... You know, this resurgence this year and that Khalil Tate's a sophomore, um, and and from what I understand, going into the season, they had like 60-some new players or something. Um, do you see Rich Rod, you know, getting back to that level where they, they can win the South and, and get back to a Pac-12 championship in the next two or three years? You know, it's funny you ask it. Um, they have two good components this year, Khalil Tate and their offensive line. Otherwise, they're I really think they're – almost below Pac-12 average. Their defense has given up more than 600 yards in three games. Um, they don't have any all-conference players. When the, when the all-conference team comes out, what, in 10 days from now, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona doesn't have one guy on the team. Because is Khalil Tate going to beat out Sam Darnold? Probably not. So Arizona has a, a right guard named Jake, Jacob Alsadek, who's really good. He might make it, but there's still no star players in the program. Khalil Tate has, has changed it all, kind of obscured it all. And of those 61 first-year players you mentioned, I think 25 of them are walk-ons, so they really don't count. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. If you can't go somewhere with Khalil Tate in the next two years if he stays healthy, I don't know if a school like Arizona can go very far. But they're positioned to, even though on paper it doesn't look like they've got a lot of good players. Yeah. yeah, I think the first team all Pac-12 quarterback discussion is really interesting because I, at this point, I would vote for Tate, um, but yeah. a lot of people won't. You know, some people yeah. won't at least because they'll say, "Well, he didn't play the whole season," and obviously there's yeah. some some name recognition he had to make up with with a lot of those guys. But it's just it's funny to think, yeah. you know, back in August, if if somebody would have said, "Yeah, the first team all Pac-12 quarterback <laughs> could be a guy that didn't even start the first four games in a league with Darnold and, and Rosen and Jake Browning," we all would have said. What what are you smoking? But it's funny how that works out. It reminds me of, of this dates me, but when Oregon went to the Rose Bowl, I think in '94, mm-hmm. and wasn't Danny O'Neill the first team All Pac-10 quarterback out of nowhere? Yeah, I think he yeah. was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, Greg, we appreciate uh, appreciate your time here. It should be a, an interesting game on Saturday, and uh, we'll look forward to reading what you have to say about it. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Talk to you later. I'll 